0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Banter Roundtable podcast. This is your host, Ben Cohen. And
1: I'm Bob Seska. And I'm Justin Rosario.
0: The Banter Roundtable podcast is brought to you by the Banter newsletter. We rely on our generous subscribers to keep going, so please support us by signing up for a Banter membership today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 56. the banter roundtable podcast i believe this is the first podcast of the year that we've done for various reasons right we've all been um -hmm. on vacation i we did a podcast i did a podcast last week with joe walsh so um guys good to be back
2: hey ben Good to be back. Happy New Year. How's it year. going? Do we still say Happy New Year 13 days into January? Uh, I'm not all
0: sure. Right. It might be a, we might be a bit too deep into the year, right. This is, uh, right. yeah, but <laughs> but anyway. Well, you can um, edit
2: that enough. out, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but listen, it's, yeah, as I say, it's good to be back. We've got a ton of stuff to talk about. Like, as we're all trying to rest and take a break from the madness, um, U.S. politics goes even crazier. So much to catch up on. But today, we are going to be discussing the Biden classified documents. This has been a huge story this week for various reasons. Uh, some of it good, some of it not good. Um, we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about whether the, uh, the interest in this is warranted, whether you know this is the same thing as Trump's classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. Oof. We're also going to be talking about George Santos, Um, Another amazing story from the never-ending grift that is the Republican Party. Mm. We shall be discussing the attempted coup in Brazil and the MAGA effect of uh, trying to overthrow governments you don't like because um, uh, of massive amounts of disinformation. Then we have our both sides segment. I've got uh, uh, Jordan Peterson. So um, I hope everyone's looking forward to hearing about more <laughs> of Jordan Peterson's deranged rants on Twitter. Oh, so course. then we also, for, instead of the members-only podcast, we're calling it now the emergency meeting. So the emergency meeting is when we discuss, you know.
2: <laughs> it, I like it. that. That's good. <laughs> it's,
0: it's an emergency meeting. So we're going to be talking about the Congress shit show that happened. Uh, this, was, this was now um, last week. I talked about it with, with uh, Joe Walsh, but um, obviously there was a resolution to the Congress shit show. But um, things are really hitting the fan. So it's getting awful now in Congress. And we yeah. get a sort of bit of a preview about what's to happen. So we're going to be talking about that. What does this mean for the country? What does this mean for the next two years? Um, yeah, it's 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 a crazy one. So uh, join us in the emergency meeting after the show. Um, so look, this week, the Biden classified documents. This is... Th- Look, this is not um this isn't good for Biden, I think. This is pretty bad for for first of all, right? Uh for various reasons. A lot of it's the optics of 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 uh of what's you know what's happened. But this is not anything like the Trump classified documents that were found that were found at Mar a Lago for various reasons. So um we've covered but all of us have been tweeting about this and and covering this online so look the story as we know it that okay here's there's a timeline in the new york times right so that on november the second uh mr biden's lawyers discovered a small number of classified documents in what the white house has described as a locked closet for an office mr biden has used at the Penn biden center for diplomacy and global engagement a think tank in washington the administration said that it reported this discovery to the national archives that day so then on November 3rd, the National Archives retrieved the materials from the closet, according to the administration. November 4th, archives officials referred the matter to the Justice Department. Then 10 days later, on November the 14th, Mr. Garland selects John R. Lausch Jr., the U.S. attorney in Chicago, to conduct a preliminary assessment of the material to determine whether a special counsel was needed. And then um, December 20th, Biden's lawyers told Mr. Louch that they had found a second set of classified documents in the garage of his house in Wilmington, Delaware, according to Mr. Garland. The administration separately said it immediately notified the Justice Department upon finding a small number of such files in the storage space in the garage, as well as a single page document in an adjacent room. Then, fast forward to January, January 5th, Mr. Lausch told Mr. Garland that a special counsel was warranted. January 9th, CBS News reported on the existence of the documents found at the Penn uh, Biden Center. The White House acknowledged the matter in a statement, but made no reference to the documents found at the president's home in Wilmington. So then on January 10th, Mr. Biden told reporters in Mexico City that he was surprised to learn about them um, in the fall that the classified documents had been taken to his office, Uh, He didn't disclose that more documents had been found. And then um, on the 11th, NBC News reported that a second batch of classified records had been found, but without details, like when and where. Um, And then yesterday, so we're recording this on the 13th of January, on, on January the 12th, the White House publicly acknowledged that the documents had been found in Mr. Biden's garage, along with one additional document that had been discovered among stored materials in an adjacent room. A search of the Biden home in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, did not uncover any documents the administration said. Officials did not describe when that search was carried out. Mr. Garland announced he was appointing Robert K. Hur as special counsel to investigate. So, sorry for that long quote, I've basically... But that's that's essentially what we know thus mm-hmm. far. Uh, Bob, you wrote a piece this week about this. Yeah, about how yeah. Basic, so, your piece essentially... You argued that NBC, um, essentially, not NBC, sorry, CBS, CBS.
2: CBS. Yeah. CBS News, <clears throat>
0: they kind of tainted the story, right? The way that this appears to, yeah, to the from, public.
2: From a social media PR point of view, they certainly did uh, create the first impression of what this story was. And in social media, in just about anything, the first impression means everything. That's what gets circulated first. That's what gets circulated with the most amount of engagement and reach and so on, because it's so Mm. fresh and and, and new. That's what uh, human beings are attracted to. So Mm. uh, in that regard, that started the ball rolling with this, uh, with lots of openings because of the way Mm. it was promoted on social media, the way the headline and story was written, uh, generated this uh, pro-Trump outrage. And ultimately, though, beyond the journalism of this, I uh, I'll disagree with you, Ben. I think this is actually going to help Joe Biden. I think this is going to be this is actually going to help Joe Biden hurt Donald Trump, because what this has done and I'm going to use this metaphor again, but it absolutely applies. This has rabbit season, duck seasoned the Republicans into confessing that having these classified documents is a heinous crime and it needs to be investigated to the fullest extent of the law. So now they've – essentially this story has tricked them into making a case for why Donald Trump should be prosecuted, too, even though they don't actually – they're not actually saying that. But it, it applies. It's, <laughs> it's them confessing that circumstances like this warrant criminal investigation and prosecution. So yeah, it's going to be a little
1: hard for them to say, "Oh, Biden needs to be investigated, but not Trump." But not I mean, Trump. That's, that's, yeah, that's a little too hard to lift for a lift. That's a little too much of a right, lift. Right,
2: right, right. So, uh, and we're starting to see uh, how this is going to benefit because the the Biden team has handled this well. Uh, obviously, the uh, the Biden team should have scoured. Biden's documents in storage spaces and garage next to his Corvette, et cetera, on January 20th, 2021, even during maybe during the transition as well. Obviously, they didn't know that Trump had documents until after the inauguration. But uh, at that point, once it was determined that Donald Trump was playing grab ass with a, you know, hundreds and hundreds of classified documents, Maybe the Biden team should look around and make sure they don't have anything as well. And I did this whole historic comparison of my banter piece this week to Mm. uh, something that FDR did. It's an unrelated uh, story, but the vibe of it still applies. Make sure your house is clean before you accuse someone else of having a filthy house. You know what I mean? And that's what FDR successfully did at the beginning of World War II, and that's what Joe Biden should have done at the beginning of his administration as soon as it was determined that Donald Trump had stolen all these documents. But uh, obviously, the comparisons um, <clears throat> between Donald Trump and what Joe Biden did are vast and numerous. I mean, the differences are extreme. Uh, Donald Trump had 30 times the number of documents that Joe Biden has. There was one, they found one document in Joe Biden's garage, one, one document. Easy to miss one document, right, especially if it's maybe a copy of a presidential daily brief, something that's maybe marked confidential but not necessarily top secret, which if it's merely marked confidential, we're going to find out about that through Rob Herr's investigation, and that's going to turn out to be a hamburger made of nothing. Because it's not wrong for an ex-vice president and current president to have something that's marked confidential. So this is one of many aspects of of this whole thing. And the appointment of Rob Her I think, was a good idea. A guy who was uh, appointed Appointed by Trump, right? Yeah, he was appointed to be U.S. attorney in Maryland uh, by Donald Trump. He was a clerk under William fucking Rehnquist at the Supreme Court. And so this guy's pretty much unimpeachable. Now, obviously, Donald Trump's probably going to find that Rob Herr has a third cousin who one time gave $100 to uh, someone who wasn't Donald Trump, meaning that obviously Rob Herr is a vicious, vicious Trump hater. So, which he's not, obviously, but they'll find something along those lines. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm happy to just have them join the chorus about how this is a criminally prosecutable uh, infraction. Even though what Rob Hur will find is that there's no wrongdoing, that uh, the the Biden team cooperated fully. Uh, within 24 hours, the National Archives had those Penn Biden Center documents back in their hands. They didn't even realize these documents were so low level that Nara didn't even realize they were missing.
1: Yeah, unlike the stuff that Trump took, which right. Nara immediately was like, "Hey, we're missing stuff. Yes. We need this back." And Trump right. lied about it. He hid it. Obstructed. There's- yeah. Right. There's video of people moving it on his instructions. I mean, there's not a small amount of evidence that he was deliberately hiding this stuff. Biden didn't even know that it was missing.
2: Yeah, uh, that's right.
1: Um, Slight difference there.
2: Yeah, yeah. And the Trump documents at NARA just raised all kinds of alarm bells. So obviously we're talking about two different kinds of documents primarily. And again, at most... What are we talking about? 15 documents total. There were about 10 at the Penn Biden Center, one in the garage, and a couple in uh, Biden's uh, private office in his home in Will- Wilmington. There were no documents found in Rehoboth. Nothing there. You know, um, th- They've pretty much scoured everything, and they've come up with, I don't know, 10 or 15, as right. opposed to 300-plus 300 oh, 300. documents, including the fact that among Donald Trump's documents were a bunch of empty folders where top secret documents belonged but which weren't there so there are a bunch of documents that belonged in folders that we don't know where those documents are maybe they were elsewhere in one of those boxes at mar-a-lago maybe Donald Trump sold them to someone maybe Donald Trump gave them away as framed gifts to his sycophants and uh, and party guests at mar-a-lago who knows but this- one,
1: one can only wonder.
2: <laughs> exactly right. So at the end of the day, obviously, this is something the Republicans are going to scream about, but they're going to do it in a way where they're going to overplay their hand. They're going to get too loud, and then they're going to have to backpedal once the results of the uh, investigation drop and, and Joe Biden is fully exonerated, which is probably what Rob Hur will do. So yeah. that's that. Uh, I'm not concerned at all. In fact, I'm kind of encouraged by all of this.
0: I I hope you're right on this because I mean, it does. Again, it's like anybody sensible, anybody with a kind of civically minded citizen, says would be like, okay, look, this is. Let's investigate this. Let's see what's happened. Uh, but in the, in America right now, you have we have this insane sort of. I don't know what you would call it it's a circus right everything turns into a circus where now we have um we can't investigate this properly the media can't really look at this seriously because there's a propaganda war going on mm-hmm. right the right is engaged in this insane propaganda war against uh, against Biden where they'll try to you know attack him for absolutely anything any minor mistake or, or gaffe he makes is yeah. turned into the next in, in turned into the next kind of watergate right yeah um so we then have to spend all of our time debunking the bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. Because look, it, you know, it, it may turn out that Biden has done something wrong. I'm sure he would be the first to admit it. I'm sure he would admit it and he would own up to it. And he would say, look, yeah, that I messed up here. I apologize. Um, you know, it would be nice to be able to have a kind of a rational conversation about this, but we can't anymore because we're engaged in this ludicrous culture war, um, propaganda war against the right. So, again, this story is being blown out of proportion Um because of the right, because of the right's inability to be serious about anything. And uh, obviously this is going to, we're going to be talking about this in the emergency meeting, but this is going to get a lot worse now <laughs> during the-,
2: in the emergency. I just love that so much. We're going to be hashing <laughs> this out in the emergency meeting.
0: In the emergency. <laughs> it, so, but look, like, it is an emergency. We've got, mm. we've got a bloody emergency again. Um, so, so, Bob, you're optimistic about this. Justin, how do you see this playing out?
1: Um, I'm a little less optimistic. I don't think that it's going to turn out to be a thing because I'm sure he didn't take anything seri- – like, like like, we just said, they didn't know these documents were missing. They couldn't have been that serious. If they were real serious, they would have been like, hey, where are these? We need these. Where did they go? So they're going to turn out to be bullshit documents, right? I'm expecting at some point for, for Biden to be like, declassified. Go publish them in the newspaper. I don't give a crap. These aren't anything. These these are meaningless, right? They're six mm. years old at this point. No one. They're not. They don't have any useful information. Go ahead and publish them. Go ahead, show everyone what I had in my garage. They're, they didn't mean mm. anything, right? But right now, and and this is this kind of speaks to part of what Bob wrote in his his article. The media is going fucking crazy right now, you know because. And I've talked about this a number of times. The press is dying for a Biden scandal. Yeah. They've been mm. trying to manufacture one for two, well, three years at this point. They tried to manufacture one during the, the um, election. They couldn't get it. And they were really pissed off about it. They tried to manufacture one with Afghanistan and they couldn't get it. And they got really pissed off about that. And they still can't manufacture one. And it's driving them fucking crazy. So all they ever have is Republican scandals. And the media does not like to only talk about one side scandals, unless it's Democrats when it's just Republican scandals. It's a problem because then they look biased and they get accused of being biased, even though it's just Republicans doing scandals. So they need this and they'll make it happen, whether it's real or not.
2: It's so infuriating because this is a phenomenon I've been observing for some time now. In fact, I was uh, forecasting some form of it, uh, in the context of, say, for example, Elizabeth Warren in the 2020 uh, primaries, where uh, she has this one thing, this Native American situation, which is, a, a, again, a non-scandal scandal, and how, uh, had she been the nominee in 2020, how uh, that one thing would have been amplified to the same level of coverage as the 25,000 Donald Trump things. And that's what's happening with this. I mean, this is a a perfect illustration of what I was warning about back when I was talking about that sort of uh, artificial parity between, uh, you know, a Democratic scandal and all of the myriad Republican scandals. With this, they're, they're taking once again, as I was saying before, they're taking ten, fifteen documents and amplifying that to the same level of outrage as Donald Trump's three hundred plus documents, Donald Trump's year and a half of obstruction, Donald Trump's defiance of subpoenas, Donald Trump's lawyers lying to the FBI on official documents, uh a Donald nuclear, Trump, yeah, nuclear Donald,
1: documents,
2: exactly. Donald Trump saying that you can declassify documents just by thinking about them. The list goes on and on and on and on. Uh, Additional documents found after the raid at Mar-a-Lago, documents found in a storage space, and so on. Um, These are all things that make the Donald Trump situation vastly worse than the Biden situation. But
1: But you can't tell that from the coverage. Yeah,
2: but a lot of people covering this story are amplifying it to the same level as the Trump thing because of this need to create a false equivalence and whenever I say false equivalence I feel like I'm repeating a well worn cliche in politics now but it couldn't be more accurate and I get we're in a post hypocrisy post false equivalence era where none of that fucking matters because the Russians have the Russians (laughs) (laughs) the Republicans is what I meant to say Freudian but you repeat repeat
1: yourself you're repeating yourself (laughs) exactly (laughs)
2: Uh, I, I forget what I was going to say now, but uh, oh, yeah, the Republicans have created this uh, media bubble now where they can make up whatever bullshit they want. I mean, just fabricating nonsense about Jewish space lasers and uh, Carrie Lake saying that there was some big conspiracy in Arizona to deprive her of the governorship um, and all the rest of it. And they say all those things and their disciples will believe every word of it because the Republicans have managed to not only create this media bubble, but also to uh, completely marginalize the actual press in their circles. So uh, you can't believe the New York Times and the Washington Post, but you can believe Fox News and AM Talk Radio and Breitbart and whatever you hear on Ben Shapiro's show. That's all legitimate news. And so believe everything you hear when you when you listen to those things, when you read those things. And so it's, it's like a, an open door for all kinds of horrendousness. So now they can with that as the infrastructure, they can pump all kinds of bullshit into the soft skulls of their uh, disciples. And that's exactly what's happening with this. They don't care. They don't care that there are vast differences between these things. But I'm encouraged by the fact that as I was saying before, that they're just they've been rabbit season, duck season into saying that this is bad and should be prosecuted. So I'm happy about
0: Mm. it. Okay, Okay, all right, Bob. You made me feel better about it, Justin. Not so no, much. Yes. <laughs> um, thumbs down, Justin. Thumbs up, Bob. Um, okay, next uh, topic of conversation. So we, I had to fire off an email to you guys earlier this morning before we um, started recording the show about the latest Twitter files that broke last night. Yeah, I think uh, Matt Taibbi has now been given a whole load of new Twitter files by his paymaster. Uh, sorry, um, is uh, by Elon Musk. <laughs> the CEO of Twitter.
1: Um, Wasn't so he this to was-
0: <laughs> Say yeah, I know. Why is he still running Twitter? I don't understand. Oh,
1: you mean he's so- a liar? <laughs> no, yeah. shocking. No.
0: So <laughs> there is. So this is the new Twitter files for hashtag fourteen. The Russia Gate lies. This is what Matt Taibbi released this morning. Again, we we're recording Jesus this Christ. on Friday, the thirteenth. He released this uh, yesterday. Um. So, this is he calls it the fake tale of Russian bots and the, and the hashtag release the memo hashtag. Uh, okay. So, I tried to get to grips with this story. And was this story anything, right? And so, if you look around the media, I was, you know, the New York Times, Washington Post, Politico, Axios, any, most of the serious outlets I haven't touched this story at yeah. all. Because, again, it's not really a story
2: no right. it's not it's a bunch of uh Shocking. assumptions made based on conversations that were happening internally uh, at twitter and uh it really proves nothing in the face of all kinds of mitigating proof coming from other sources like the senate intelligence committee and the department of justice and the mm. Mueller investigation on and on and on and on uh matt Taibbi, look ultimately I think people stop paying attention to this after the first set of Twitter files, number one. was well, so,
0: so Obviously, ridiculous, yeah.
2: Yeah, all the cult members are still looking at it, but anyone else is just like, oh, fuck, we, we know what this is. The, uh, Matt Taibbi has an agenda. Elon Musk has an agenda with this. They're pursuing that agenda. And with Matt Taibbi, it's one, and this is fully opinion, so don't fucking sue me for defamation. But with Matt Taibbi, I think Matt Taibbi is up to his fucking eyeballs. In uh, Russian compromat, I think there's a dossier a mile long at the FSB and the GRU uh, regarding Matt Taibbi's activities in Russia, and that's being uh, held over his head at every turn. He just he simply does not want to piss off Vladimir Putin, so therefore he's going to seek out whatever he can do do his part in keeping his nose clean as far as that goes, and uh, trying desperately to undermine. Piece by piece, drip by drip, the notion that Russian Russia interfered in our elections, and right, be, yeah,
0: because look, for, as far as I can understand, with this new Twitter files thing, it was about a hashtag in 2016 that some Democrats believed was being promoted by Russian bots. They went to Twitter and said, "Hey, look, we're concerned about this. Look into this." Twitter. There was lots of back and forth. And Twitter basically said, it doesn't look like it comes from Russia, right? But then some Democrats, there there was another organization that apparently was researching how, you know, was tracking Russian disinformation. And that particular organization said it was from Russia and that the Russians were amplifying it. So apparently then this is a huge story, right? According to Tybee, this is proof that the Democrats were in cahoots with Twitter executives when it actually proves the opposite. that The Twitter executives basically said, we don't think it, we don't think these are Russian bots. So I don't really get what the point is, that Twitter basically said, no, they're not Russian bots. And the Democrats thought they were. Um, but I don't really understand. Is, it, is there some sort of collusion that he's pointing to with the Twitter executives and the Democrats? Because that's not what it looks like to me. No,
2: he's just using the the Twitter files to say that the Democrats, specifically Adam Schiff, Dianne Feinstein, and so on, uh, were wrong to say that Russian bots and trolls amplified that hashtag.
0: This hashtag, right? Yeah,
2: Yeah. So in this case, Matt Taibbi is saying, and Elon Musk, by extension, is saying that Twitter did the right thing here. That's this is supposed to be this Twitter files thing is supposed to be Mm. how Twitter, prior to Elon Musk, kept fucking up and doing things that were bad, colluding with the government and so on to undermine pro Trump uh, amplification on Twitter and so on. Uh, But now this one is basically, oh, yeah, uh, Twitter did exactly the right thing. And the Democrats were wrong uh, again about Russian Mm. interference. And it just, it's just flies in the face of all kinds of other information. I mean, he's taking cherry picked documents. Once again, Twitter files are cherry picked documents and Mm. he's amplifying those documents to the same level as uh, a Senate investigation, a department of justice investigation, the Mueller investigation and and on down the line, certainly uh, several house investigations as well. And so, that's why this is complete nonsense. Uh, Republican was, led.
0: Can I just add Republican led investigations into this? Right. Republican. Y- invest- yes. Senate yes. Investigations exactly. Exactly. The Senate Intelligence was, was, was Committee Republican
2: was run by Republicans. Led. Richard Burr right. was the chair of the Senate Intelligence Committee when it determined these things. And in, right. in, in addition to verifying a not insignificant portion of the Steele memo of the Steele dossier. Which mm. Richard Burr said in a press conference that they were able to uh, verify a bunch of the Steele dossier up to a certain point. That's exactly mm. what he said in a press conference. And Richard Burr is a Republican. And this was during the Trump administration, of course.
0: Right. And, uh, but Matt Toby has been he, – he, there was a tweet. He tweeted this. I think it was – was it yesterday? Where he he well, he wrote a piece on his um, newsletter. He says, "America needs a truth and reconciliation on Russiagate, Right? And oh, one of the quotes he wrote. Him. He wrote, "This is one of the quotes." He goes, "It's over, you nitwits! It's time to stow the Mueller votive candles, cop to the coverage pile-up created by years of errors, and start the reconciliation process." Right? He he's been demanding. Um, he's been demanding that everybody apologizes for this. That the mainstream media. Uh, needs to apologize for you know what, what, what they did of getting the story wrong etc 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 he 's right uh, there was no interference it 's all bullshit there was no collusion, etc etc other than all of the mount- the mountains of evidence that we 've discussed already right yeah. this is from the BBC. Uh, this is BBC in December 2018. Um, this is Russia used every major social media platform to try to influence the 2016 US election report claims. New research says YouTube, Tumblr, Instagram and PayPal, as well as Facebook and Twitter, would leverage to spread propaganda. The report, this is from the US Senate um, uh, report, exposed the scale of the Russian disinformation efforts. Uh, There was a, its authors criticised the belated and uncoordinated response by tech firms. And the report was put together by University of Oxford's computational propaganda project and the social network analysis firm Graphica. It's the first analysis of millions of social media posts provided by Twitter, Google and Facebook to the Senate Intelligence Committee. So he's taking a single hashtag, right, taking a single hashtag Uh, And then he also, there was another report out saying that Twitter was not a major source of Russian disinformation or it had a negligible effect, right? Omitting the fact that that Twitter was the the Russians, that was the last resort, right? The Russians Mm -hmm. were mostly using Facebook and YouTube and other other social media things. They, They were using Twitter, but not extensively, not in anywhere near the capacity they were using Facebook um uh in particular just forgets, and,
1: and neglects to mention that part yeah
0: yeah of course he, he accidentally forgot you know absolutely no co- um, context whatsoever right no context whatsoever um uses uses isolated examples to try to prove his narrative is this, this is how you don't do journalism Right. This is exactly how you, a real journalist would not, these are like schoolboy errors. Yeah. Yeah. um, Which, which, you know, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying that Matt Taibbi has, is, uh, there's compliment on him. I don't know. Um, but I, I'm very suspicious of this about turn, right. Of this extraordinary sort of going from being very good journalist, does a lot of good reporting to, I mean, shockingly bad, right-wing. I'm not calling him right-wing, but I'm saying he's a stooge for the alt-right. Yeah,
2: absolutely. I want to add, too, just on his writing is terrible. This uh, most recent set of Twitter files, his tweet thread on this, um, I had to read it through a bunch of times before I understood what was going on. Because it's like, it's like watching a movie that's been cut to pieces by a movie studio where they edited out all kinds of shit that would have made the movie make a little more sense. You know what I mean? Uh, And in this case, maybe it's the nature of a tweet thread, because you're limited to 280 characters per tweet or something like that. But his tweets are very, very short in the tweet Mm. thread. So and, and plus, he's using it's almost as like they don't they don't know how to do screen grabs. So there a couple occasions they're like taking pictures of stuff on their screen, and it's just it's so weird, especially coming from someone like Matt Taibbi, who is a better writer. I mean, I've seen him write better, but when it comes to describing these things, it was really just so vague and poorly described, and there's no. Things get lost, and there's missing details. It, it seems, and so consequently, after reading the, this latest latest set of Twitter files all the way through a couple of times, I had to go to some other story to to read about yeah. what my Matt Taibbi read about or wrote about. As,
0: yeah, no, same thing, Bob. I was wondering whether it was just me, whether I'm... My reading comprehension skills have...
2: No, it's uh, not you oh, at all. No, it's, it's Matt, Matt Taibbi, uh, I don't know, his, his writing skills have dissipated significantly, or he's deliberately leaving shit out, which seems to me as if it's the most logical explanation. Because you just don't... You don't stop being a good writer. I mean, Matt Taibbi is right. a lot of stupid shit, but... He, he, he's a good writer. It's like we were talking about before the show. We were talking about the new uh, Passion of the Christ sequel that they're making. Mel Gibson, mm-hmm. what he says in his movies is terrible. But Ma- Mel Gibson's actually a good filmmaker. I mean, he knows what he's doing yeah. as far as visuals and storytelling. It's just what he's saying is terrible and anti-Semitic. Right.
1: Right. 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 So it depends on how much vodka he's drinking to get through the day. (laughs) Yeah. Right.
2: (laughs) But I mean, I don't know if people listening realize that Matt Taibbi spent, uh, I don't know how many years living in Russia with Mark Ames, and they got into all kinds of debauchery there. Mm. That they wrote
1: about. Yeah, he's written about it. It's (laughs) not like it's not other people saying that they did. They specifically wrote about what absolute horrible fucking people they were two
2: <laughs> women while they were there Yeah, well said um and, and you know they bragged about it right right and so i wonder what he didn't write about
1: <laughs> exactly when you brag about how, how you know how many women you sexually harassed that means you're leaving out the parts where you did something worse than that exactly because fucking right. you know if that's the yeah. part you're bragging about yeah. you didn't write about the parts where you you know maybe went a little bit more than sexual harassment. And, you know, the, the, the Russian, you know, the FS, FSB, they pay attention to all of that shit, and they tend to hold it over people because that's what they do, especially mm. when it comes to Americans.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, again, I'm not quite ready to go there, but I I have questions. Let's put it that way. I, I, I have I have serious questions. Um, so, yeah, to, basically, uh, to sum it up, another nothing burger i hate to use that term but hmm. it's a nothing burger again it's gaslighting this is how i see it it's gaslighting it's another attempt elon Musk and the handpicked journalists um i, I you know i'm writing a huge piece at the moment on um vaccine disinformation and how it's spreading on places like substack and how oh people my god are it's everywhere's
1: threat. on twitter constantly it's- non-stop i see it all the time now
0: right 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 right. so i'm doing a big piece on this um i was supposed to be i I wanted to get it out this week but i've been um you know interviewing people and getting i've actually talked to substack about this and uh i've talked to other kind of experts on disinformation and uh, conspiracy theories and and the sort of cottage industry that sprung up around this but it's like Alex Berenson, right? This is the guy that Elon Musk chose to release the co- the Pfizer files, whatever it is. I, I'm mining through that at the moment mm-hmm. because he he Elon Musk handpicked one of the most notorious vaccine disinformation merchants, a guy who was labelled by the Atlantic the wrongest man, the 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 pandemic's wrongest man, um, Alex Berenson, who's been he has been wrong about absolutely everything when it comes to the pandemic and all the, on how to read the data. So my, I think he's either stupid or he's a fraud. And my guess is he's a fraud. Um, He can't be this stupid. He can't be this bad at reading scientific data. Um, But, you know, there's a reason why Musk is pick picking these. I would call them grifters. I would call all of uh, Tybee, Berenson, uh, Weiss, Barry Weiss, I think Weiss is is better than Tybe and Berenson, but not by a lot, um, and mm. it's it's kind of worrying, right? It's kind of worrying that the that. Elon Musk, the world's... Well, he's not rich anymore. He's not that rich anymore. Still, <laughs> <laughs> was he break the, the Guinness World Record for the biggest fortune lost in, in the shortest space of time? Um, but it is, it is very worrying that this guy has so much influence over public discourse and that Twitter is now being used as a, a, a gigantic platform for disinformation. And this all this Twitter file stuff is basically another PR attempt um, from Musk to, I think, you know, he's an agent of chaos. He's trying to destabilize society. Uh, for his own purposes and the these are kind of unwitting fools. Matt Tybee and Berenson and Weiss are just doing his bidding. And uh yeah, I don't know, I'm kinda of worried about it. And personally, obviously like Tybee having been a big fan, I'm I'm personally extremely disappointed in this. Very disappointed in this that he's just you know, Elon Musk says jump and Tybee asks him like how high. Yeah. You know?
2: There's a terrible. there's a a, a cultural uh, rot happening in the United States right now, and I think Matt Taibbi is part of it. Uh,
0: yes, I I I would agree. I would agree. The, the, uh, we need fewer we need fewer agents of chaos. We need agents of sanity. Um, <laughs> well, that's so, what they have
1: us for. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, right. Yes,
0: there you go, banter listeners. This is what we're here for. This is what we do day in day out is try to provide a small dose of sanity. So. Um, Anyhow, let's uh, on to the next topic, talking of more insanity. This was in uh, in Brazil. So, um, there was a absolutely extraordinary scenes um, in Brazil last week where, yeah. where uh, Bolsonaro um, cult followers est- attempted to um, essentially do exactly what the Trump, the MAGA mob did on January 6th. Um, and I've I, I, you know, this was not not shocking given Bolsonaro who's essentially used exactly the same Trump playbook, right? Where, you know, uh, claiming election conspiracies. He spent, I can't remember how long his term was in Brazil, but he spent that entire time, you know, gaslighting the public um, and presenting them with all sorts of, you know, bullshit uh, dressed up as, as truths. You know, every, everything that the left said were, were lies and everything that he said was the truth and everything, you could only get the truth from him um, but the, the police made about 300 arrests uh, in the capital in um, in Brasilia, right?
2: Mm-hmm. No, I, I mean, thought
1: they were way past that. Are they they passed that now. I thought that number was way higher. Mm. I, I don't even. I, the last I saw was like, wasn't it like 600 or something? I don't. I don't know. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: I don't know how many it is, but they've arrested a lot of people. And I think um, Lula is not fucking around here. And he's really going to, you know, um, they're going to be made to pay a price. But I, I feel that this is, you know, Lula was, was democratically elected. Um, there has been no no official body, no um, legitimate organisation or institution has said there's anything untoward about the, the election uh, last year that saw Bolsonaro going out. It was a reasonably tight election, but Bolsonaro lost, clearly, um, and left. He left the country. He's now holed up with an MMA fighter in Florida, weirdly. Um, so, but this seems to be like this incredibly worrying trend, right? The Trump playbook. This is why I wanted to discuss this in the podcast mm. today, right? Because you've got this, 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 this playbook used by the right where they've figured out that they can hack the system. Right? They can hack social media, and they can hack the media by just presenting a completely alternate reality, right? And this alternate reality—if you shout and scream loud enough, and claim that you know the Democrats are, or the oppos- or le- liberals are pedophile, blood-drinking, yeah, um, you know, whatever elitists—you can kind of get away with whatever you want. And you can do whatever you want, and that means you can now attack the government. So now, democratically elected governments are undemocratically elected governments, right? Uh, just because you say they are, you don't need to provide any evidence. You just need to say it, right? And if you it's say it, a secret
1: conspiracy, you're the good guy.
0: So what I think, you know, this plays into the whole social media thing, right? As well, like we we do have a real problem here. Um that social media is being weaponized in this way, right? It's being weaponized by, uh, by bad actors. And I don't know how this ends, right? I don't know how this ends. I, I obviously the Elon Musk effect is, this is, this is why I was so worried about Elon Musk buying Twitter because of, you know, the guy's a conspiracy theorist, you know, Elon Musk mm-hmm. is a, is a conspiracy theorist. He's a COVID, but he's a vaccine denier, uh, there's all sorts of crazy things that Elon Musk believes, and this stuff is, is is now on steroids. Where we are seeing around the world now, like this stuff is just going to take on take off everywhere now.
1: Um, yeah, well, not, not for nothing. It's important to. It's also important to keep in mind that um, Bannon and Jason, Steve Bannon and Jason Miller, were advising Bolsonaro's people.
2: Yes, he. Yes, they um, were. Yep. Like this this
1: this didn't just happen in a vacuum. This was a coordinated um plot. I mean, you know, they've started arresting people who paid to have the protesters bust in, and those people were advised by we don't know they were specifically advised to specifically to do this by Bannon and Miller, but I'm not saying they weren't either. And they're gonna find out at some point who was behind every? because i mean the cops stood down the the governor of um of of that part of brazil i don't know if they call them states or not but the governor just kind of let it happen because they knew there was a problem mm. they knew like just like just like they knew there was something going on in dc for january 6 that a whole lot of people said oh it's okay we'll be able to handle it and then didn't they knew mm. there was a problem in brazil mm. And they didn't do anything. And there was a lot of people involved in not doing something. And they're actually going after them, which, you know, of course, makes me wonder why Brazil can do this. And we fucking can't. But I'm not going to get into that right now. We're talking about Brazil. <laughs>
0: no, it, but it, it, it is it, it is true. It is true. This is – and this, if this is one criticism I would level at, at Democrats, right, is that they – you always get the feeling that – um the 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 democrats are i don't know what it is right but they they're not they often they don't fight fire with fire right they don't you know, they allow Republicans to take the, the idea that Republicans are patriots, right? And the Democrats can't be patriotic because they're sissy liberals. And only Republicans can be patriotic. When, if Republicans attempt to cure it's because they're patriots, right, not terrorists.
1: Well, even then, holding them accountable, you don't want to do that sort of thing because it'll just upset people. It's like uh, they do to overthrow ups- the fucking country. Too right. fucking bad if they're upset. We'll They're going to be shit. upset
0: anyway. That, that's what I, I guess. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're going to be upset anyway. So you might as well go after them. You might as well throw everything at them, right? And and, and show that you can't fuck around like this. You really can't. Uh, and that's what I think. You know, I I think the Biden administration is doing, generally speaking, a good job. Um, but I would like to see. I don't understand why, for example, when we looked at the you know the Biden files, the classified documents. While well, the Justice Department jumped on it, you know, incredibly quickly, whereas they dragged their feet when it came to the Trump, when Trump did it. The timeline mm, difference.
1: astonishing, is, isn't it? Yeah,
0: it's extraordinary Weird what, how that works. <laughs> you're going to hurt Trump's feelings.
2: Well, see, that, this this shows the difference between Republicans and Democrats, quite honestly, that uh, oh, I forget what I was going to say. I, you know what? The point I was going to make was just <laughs> just completely jumped right out of my head. I apologize. Yeah. I don't know what I was going well, to say. Well,
1: I mean, we do, there, there is a, oh, set, yeah, yeah, there yeah. Is a set of rules.
2: Democrats hold themselves accountable. Republicans don't hold themselves accountable. That's the difference. That's what I was going to say. This is a case of, yeah, you know what? We need to rise to a higher standard. And maybe I'm putting lipstick on a pig with this. But the mm. fact of the matter is that not only do Democrats hold themselves accountable, but in doing so it creates a contrast against Republicans. And I hope that contrast is at least seen by independent voters and swing voters, uh, when the time comes for an election. So that's it. Yes.
0: I hope so. I just like to see more teeth. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. I want more teeth. I want, I want it to be, a. you know, them to go after these guys a little bit harder i think this and, is and
2: uh, yeah I, I mean just going back to uh rob her and the biden dog I, I think this makes an indictment of donald trump more likely i just want to throw that in i, I hope, hope so. so i
0: hope so all right listen guys both sides so uh, i'm going to go with mine first so this this week for our both sides segment i have dr jordan b peterson who is as we know back on twitter after elon musk unbanned him um for being um for trolling trans people. So guess what he's doing again?
1: Trolling ba- uh trolling trans people? Yeah. How, no. how did you
0: guess? How did oh you my guess God. right? Jesus so this Christ. comes in in <laughs> this comes in the wake of um Peterson being being disciplined for his tweets by the College of Ontario psychologists, right, who la- they launched an investigation after multiple complaints about Jordan Peterson's tweets. So Peterson's having a grand old time playing victim on tw- on Twitter, saying that he's being hounded by you know uh, Soviet-style uh, liberals um, in the uh, what are, what is it called the the College of Ontario psychologists, right? they and they're apparently in cahoots with Justin Trudeau and they're. They want to suppress free speech and they're saying that he's not fit to be a psychologist because he's not, you know, because he's on Twitter and saying things um, that his fans like, which is basically trolling trans trans people. So anyway, Peterson's been making a big deal about about this and he's been gaining no doubt more Twitter followers, more notoriety, more clicks, more money um, from this big victim thing. He has not even been practicing as a psychologist for years. Uh, so they're threatening to take away his his license because of all his trolling on Twitter. So anyway, he wrote this was uh, uh, yesterday. So this was on Thursday. Peterson tweets he says, "Do trans women suffer systemic discrimination when they seek an abortion? Just wondering. Like, like why?" why why do you do like listen just leave them
2: alone
0: jesus just leave it alone dude that's exactly just leave it alone leave it alone you might not agree with you know like there is a you know thing about about you know what is you know what defines a man or woman that's a legitimate bait to have i i um you know i have my quibbles with the some of the people in the trans movement uh, and with gender ideology i have issues with that but I recognise that trans people are. I have trans friends. I have I have two uh, trans friends who have had very very difficult lives. And the last thing I am ever going to do is try to make their lives more difficult, right? Yep. And, and I'm certainly not going to spend my time on Twitter or, or on social media trolling them and 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 upsetting people because it's it's just horrendous. And so, look, you, this is, again, like, you don't see this stuff on the right, on, on the left, brother. This is what the right does. They, they troll. That's what he, Jordan Peterson exists to do, to troll and trigger liberals, right? To own the libs. That's it. Own trans people, you know? It, it, I find it disgusting. Anyway, that's my pick this week. Uh, Bob, who have you got?
2: I'm going with Marsha Blackburn. Because uh, and the the way this fits into both sides, I I think is abundantly evident. Democrats don't go around uh, saying shit like this ever, ever, ever. Now this is another case where, uh, as you know, I'm obsessed with. Uh, whenever Republicans tweet out about the record amount of fentanyl seized at the border, the record amount of people on the terrorist watch list stopped at the border, the record amount of, of meth seized at the border. And uh, it, it's just an amazing thing because they're coupling that with there's a border crisis. But it seems as though Majorcas, Homeland Security, CBP, they're doing their fucking job. Border Patrol's doing its job, they're stopping these people. The Biden record has been pretty good by Republicans' own admission. Now, here, specific to Marsha Blackburn, she was down, uh, this is several days ago, she was doing her virtue signaling at the border. It looks like she did a video here at a courtyard Marriott, maybe in El Paso or something. And she's talking to an agent, Border Patrol agent, and she posted the video on Twitter with part of the caption being, since Biden took office... (laughs) over 4.3 million migrants have attempted to illegally enter our country. And I emphasize attempted. Once again, she says attempted. And you know why she's saying attempted? Because, yes, it was an attempt, and they were all stopped. You know how we know that the number is 4.3 million attempted crossings? It's because they were all stopped. We can count them when we stop them. When CBP stops these people from illegally crossing the border, they count them. And that's how we get this number. And I was like, like, I saw this number and I kept thinking, where's this coming from? And then it was coupled with the fact that uh, I responded to a Jim Jordan tweet about Trump's wall. I think there was a picture of Joe Biden walking along the wall with some CBP agents or whoever And uh, Jim Jordan posted that and said, nice wall. Well, first of all, it's a fence. Second of all, (laughs) the wall at El Paso, separating Juarez from El Paso, is replacement wall. Trump just tore down what was there and replaced it with new wall, or new fencing, I should say. And uh, so I I, I made this clear in response to Jim Jordan. Then a bunch of uh, pro-Trump bots and trolls with one or two followers jumped into my mentions in response to that. We're like, oh, my God, three million people have crossed the border into the United States. What's what the fuck is wrong with you? You libtard. So I was wondering, like, where does Marsha Blackburn get this four point three million migrants number? Where do these guys where are these bots uh, I a guys with b- b- fake people? Where do they get their three million number? So I went and investigated this, and in the process of looking into where that number comes from specifically, I found an NBC News article from this past fall. The NBC News article was fucking horrendous. Talk about, uh, you know, we were discussing the CBS News reporting, uh, regarding the, uh, Oh, uh, shit. What was it? The CBS News reporting. I wrote about it this week. Fuck. Why, why am I blanking on this? I'm, 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 I'm like in the border mentality here. Uh, the CBS News reporting on the Biden files and how uh, misleading the reporting was, or at least the promotion of the r- reporting was misleading. The tweet about it, the headline, the lead misleading, misleading, misleading. misleading. So I find this story from NBC News about the border, and the the headline says, Migrant border crossings in fiscal year 2022 topped 2.76 million, breaking previous record. All right, no information there about how this number was derived or what it actually even means. So then you read the subhead. It says the 2022 numbers were driven in part by increases in the number of Venezuelans, Cubans, and Nicaraguans making the trek north. So if you just see that headline, and I'm sure Republicans shared that headline, screen grabbed it, tweeted it off, maybe fundraised off of it, uh, whatever they can get their hands on to demagogue this issue, say, hey, look, even NBC News is saying, look, three million people breaking previous records. Why is Joe Biden? Why is he not gone to the border? Why is this such a disaster? Impeach Mayorkas, which they've already started to do in the House of Representatives. They're going to impeach the secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas. That's happening. So then uh, there's a a picture here of a bunch of migrants being stopped by a CBP agent. (laughs) Then there's the byline. Then there's the lead. I'm going to read the lead now. And and mind you, I've scrolled about a third of the way down the page already. The lead reads, the number of undocumented immigrants crossing at the southwest border for fiscal year 2022 topped 2.76 million, breaking the previous annual record by more than 1 million, according to CBP. Then there's a, 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 a breakout box that has some recommended stories in it. So you have to scroll even further to get to the ne- next paragraph. By this point, no one's reading, by the way. People who see the original tweet uh, come, come down and maybe they click on it, maybe they don't. But if they do, they probably read the headline, maybe the lead, and then go off to do something else. Then you get to the, the second paragraph in this after having to scroll a, a ways down the page. And it says, for the 12 months ending September 30, 2022, CBP stopped migrants more than 2.7 million times compared to 1.72 million times for fiscal year 2021, the previous yearly high. I emphasize the words, the words CBP stopped migrants. Stopped them. In fact, they stopped more migrants in 2022 than they did in 2021. One month of which Donald Trump was president. So, in fact, Joe Biden's administration, Joe Biden's CBP, Mayorkas' CBP, is doing better year over year at stopping migrants from illegally crossing. Irrespective of whether you agree they should be stopped, if we're talking about... Whether there's an invasion of millions of migrants into the United States or whether they have been stopped, they have absolutely been stopped. So I know this is a long way to go for both sides, but this is what I've been (laughs) looking at this week after the CBS News Biden uh, fiasco. This is just another example, and this comes from uh, CBS News or NBC News. This was reported back in October why don't they do, why do, why don't they include stopped in the lead? Why don't they include stopped in the headline? Instead, they make it seem like all of these migrants are coming into the country unstopped. The border's wide open. And by the way, people like Marsha Blackburn keep screaming about how the border is open and we have no border. (laughs) No wonder people are trying to cross because every single fucking Republican is saying our borders are wide open. Come on in. It's insane. Well, it's, not, it's
1: not like they ever want to stop it.
2: They, no, they, of course they don't. Of course they don't because they're funded that, off the, of it. They're, yeah, they're they're getting elected off of it. They're scaring the shit out of people off of it. That's the whole point.
1: And their donors get their donors make money off. I mean, their donors need the uh, the the immigration, not for nothing. Yeah. You know, corporations use migrant labor, so that would be very bad for them if it actually stopped.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. They found
1: that Louisiana found that out the hard way several years ago when they banned migrant workers. They lost billions of dollars in produce because no one was picking it. So, you know, Republicans scream about migrant migration. They don't actually want to stop it. Mm hmm. But guys,
0: but both sides though are just as you know. Both sides are just as bad though, right? So yeah, clearly yeah. <laughs> yeah. this is why we this is why we do the segment, people. This is why we have this because both sides are not just as bad.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, listen, we we are going to go into the emergency meeting. The emergency <laughs> meeting. <we're> gonna- <laughs> Okay, the emer- <laughs> I'm going to get like a, an audio clip to introduce the emergency meeting. I don't know where I'm going to... <laughs> no, you need an
1: alarm. You need like a whoop, whoop, yeah. whoop,
2: whoop.
0: Emergency, yeah. emergency meeting. <laughs> yeah, emergency meeting, emergency meeting. But we're going to go into the emergency meeting where we're going to be discussing uh, the, new, uh, the new Congress, right? We have a new Congress and it is going to be a shit show. Uh, we're going to discuss what happened last week. This is one of the craziest things I've seen. In American politics, in a long time, uh, and I've seen a lot. It really was extraordinary. Uh, but now we have a, 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 a we have a speaker of the house who's been elected. And what does this mean? Let's Oy. discuss. All right, everybody, thank you for joining us. Uh, you can get a Bantam membership, and you can listen to the emergency meeting. Um, you can get sixty percent off a Bantam membership today. Please join us there. And uh, for everybody else, we will see you next week. And it's good to be back.
1: All right, adios.